0: All right, let's dive right into it. The Tony D Podcast powered by Flooring is Forever. Flooringisforever.com. So much to get into. There's been a lot going on as we're midsummer, I would say. It's still assly hot outside um, here in central Indiana. Thanks for listening to the Tony D Podcast. Um, If you're new here, hi, I'm Tony. Welcome. Thank you. Tony D Indy on Twitter. Uh, I'm on the TikTok thing, too. I've had a couple decent videos, but... It's just weird. The whole TikTok situation just kind of confuses me because like I'm be like, "Oh, I'm just going to upload this video, no big deal. Like it's not even anything." And then it's got like 500 views. And I upload one, I'm like, "This is really good. This is going to be funny. This will take off." And it gets like 62. So, um, thanks for joining. Um, thanks for finding the tone of the podcast. And we have a lot to dive into. I want to do this. I don't do it enough, so I do apologize. I want to get to some Twitter reaction to some things that I've posted, maybe over the week or so. Kind of going back and reading some of these tweets because a lot of them either are nostalgic factor where it kind of takes you back to your childhood, um, or just an opinion on some things. Uh, for example, we had National French Fry Day the other day, and I and I tweeted out, "What's your favorite fast food French fry?" And mine is you know either Rallies or McDonald's, but. A lot of people came up with Five Guys, and I guess they have Cajun Fries. So um, if you get a chance and you're into that, uh, the Cajun Fries seem to be a very popular answer uh, when it came to the best French fries at a chain restaurant here. Um, I, think, I, think, I think Five Guys is pretty much nationwide. So uh, we'll get into that, which includes some Pacer talk, some Colts talk. Uh, the Pacers coming up in the NBA draft at the end of the month that's where I'll start um you look at some of these guys that they're bringing in to work out and you can just kind of tell that they're pairing the guys that you know maybe are players that we won't see drafted on draft night in the first two rounds maybe players that can make the summer league team that'll compete against each other to make that summer league team um, and, and some and some guys that that maybe aren't nBA ready but can be sent to Fort Wayne to develop and possibly become an Indiana Pacer eventually. Now, here's where I'm at, and I've preached this since the NCAA tournament. This past year was the most college basketball I've ever watched. Um, I did a deep dive into a lot of these teams, players. As you know, I was very high on Houston this year as they made uh, their run to the Final Four. I have a buddy that I have been talking to. For the last probably year, we met about we met last summer. Um, he's very involved in an in, in NBA agency, the NBA draft, and we've kind of talked about some players. So I've got a pretty good look at a lot of these guys. Um, you know, when you have ESPN Plus and CBS Sports Network, and you're an insomniac like me, you tend to watch that Wyoming versus Boise State game at eleven PM on CBS Sports Network. So back to the Pacers. So the Pacers are the 13th selection in the NBA draft. And the popular pick across draft blogs and ESPN and such for the Pacers is, you guessed it, another white guy, Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. Corey is a good player. He's a good shooting guard. I think that he is very highly overrated at the 13th position Um, because, look, if you're the Pacers, we have, as fans, been burned numerous times by guys that were taken around this area you know, in the teens or early 20s that, I'm sorry, were white, that just didn't work out. Tyler Hansborough didn't work out. Plumlee didn't work out. Um, Goga still up in the air. We know TJ Leaf didn't work out. Um, So I'm always for the more athletic player. I even sent this to Kevin Pritchard, not that he's going to listen or pay any attention. But I like Zaire Williams in this position from Stanford. If you're going to go with a shooting guard, small forward like Corey Kispert and Zaire Williams from Stanford, even though he's a freshman, is on there at six foot nine, very athletic. I'm going to take Zaire Williams, have him play um, behind guys like T.J. Warren. If Warren does indeed uh, stay healthy and comes back and plays, that's the guy that I like. Uh, you know, the Pacers seem to. Um, be okay with that development of a guy. You know, Aaron Holiday we thought was still a year or two away. He still might be a year or two away. Uh, when Goga Batatze was drafted, he was a year or two of development away. That's why I like Zaire Williams in this position. I would be excited more than anything if they if they traded down or traded this pick to get a young player that they thought they could develop to be a piece of this core Because this core isn't bad if they stay healthy. Is this core going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals next year? Barring injuries, probably not. It's still going to be tough to get past Milwaukee. We see what they're doing tying it last night in the NBA Finals at two games apiece. The Nets are still right there. They had that trade in line, it seemed like, to go get Ben Simmons, a trade that I didn't like at all because this guy has proven that You know, really, at the end of the day, yeah, he's a great defender and can play all five positions, but I'm just not sure that he would fit into the Pacers' needs right now, and they need a killer. I mean, Karis Levert, I think, could develop into that killer. TJ Warren was that killer in the bubble, but, again, his health. Malcolm Brogdon can get you points, but, again, his health kind of scares you. Uh, I think Sabonis has killer instincts in him, but he's not the guy that's going to get you a late three, or take over the game with under 15 seconds to go, to go ISO, play one on one. Miles certainly isn't that guy um, as well. I would love if James Booknight from UConn was there, the sophomore shooting guard. Um, I don't know if he will be there. He's projected to go anywhere from like 8th to 15th. So it really just depends on where the dominoes fall. So the Pacers are going to have to make a very quick decision on this 13th selection because it's going to go quickly and there are guys in front of them that could move out of their spot. Um, you look at teams that may be looking to trade out of their spot to, or you know, Orlando comes to mind because they have the 5th and the 8th overall pick. Do maybe the Spurs trade that 12th pick back? Um, I do like James Booknight if he's there at 13. I would like for the Pacers to maybe slide back. You've got two second-round draft picks that I still think there's some decent talent that could, that could be at the end of your roster. But at the end of the day, I just don't want it to be Corey Kispert. I just don't see, I, I don't know. And really, uh, Franz Wagner, I, I was watching him in one of the, um, what they call friendlies, Olympic exhibitions, and I just simply wasn't impressed. My number one pick would be James Booknight, because I think he could still be there. Zaire Williams would be a project but I do like him if you're going to go shooting guard, small forward, like you were going to go with with Corey Kispert. Yes, Zaire's only 190 pounds, but he's a freshman. You're going to be able to put some weight on this guy. A sleeper pick that I know people are going to say, huh, would be Josh Giddy, a six foot eight, lengthy point guard out of Australia, uh, 21 years old, has some great power movement to the basket, great vision. And you say, well, wait a minute, where is he going to fit? You got Malcolm Brogdon, you got... Aaron Holiday. Well, Brogdon can't stay healthy, and I do think that he could develop into trade bait if he does play well. Um, Aaron Holiday hasn't proven to me that he's capable of being a consistent starter on this team to put up consistent numbers, and I'm pretty convinced T.J. McConnell might not be coming back. He may be um, scooped up by a contender that can pay him um, a boat ton of money. Maybe that. Maybe Phil. Maybe he goes back to Philadelphia and plays the role that George Hill's been playing. Um, you know, it, depending on what the Bucks do with Jeff Teague, that could also be a possible landing spot for uh, TJ McConnell. So again, the Pacers, 13th pick. I hope that they end up trading it, but Zaire Williams would be uh, my number one guy. Josh Giddy, again, out of Australia, is a guy to look at too. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I'm just not very impressed from uh, the talent to pick through in this year's draft from about the 11th pick to about the 24th or 25th. The Pacers will select 54th, and the last pick of the draft, that's 60th. I've been high on Quentin Grimes, a shooter, a good three-point shooter, a great defender, defensive player of the year in the American Conference. American Conference, all-team, uh, first-team. Uh, I've been high on him all year. Another guy that maybe that could slide to 54th that I think has the opportunity to play Good NBA minutes is David Duke out of Providence. Um, He's again a point guard slash shooting guard at six foot five. He's got the height and the movement to be right there. Um, and then you know, if you want to get a big guy, um, Niamsk Cueta will be there. Uh, from Utah State if that's the way you want it to go but there's a lot of guys that I think are going to be fighting for roster spots that might not get drafted or get drafted in the late second round I think there's not as much talent up front in this draft from about ninth on to about twenty fourth twenty fifth but I think there are some some players that you could steal um, that could give you quality NBA seasons um, Isaiah Jackson of Kentucky is one of those guys. Um, Joe camp is a shooter from Iowa that could be an early second-rounder that we could see develop into a Kyle Korver type. Um, Pat, he, he's very much like Pat Connington, who seems to be finding his rhythm on the defensive side of the ball and is, very, um, is, is pretty consistent, I would say, shooting the basketball. So there's your Pacers rundown uh, from me and my opinion, which probably doesn't matter to anybody inside of that building, but um, I have watched a lot of these guys. And don't be surprised if they get a guy like Josh Giddy. He is a great talent. He's very well spoken. Um, he would be great for the Pacers. They could find a role for him. He he is a long, long, long point guard at six foot eight. All right, quickly before we move on to or away from basketball, uh, Team USA finally got a win. They lost to Nigeria over the weekend. Got slapped to Australia. No Bradley Beal now. Uh, You know, um, I love Damian Lillard. I respect Kevin Durant's game. I'm not sure I like his off-the-court antics. They'll get it straight. They're going to win the gold medal, let's hope. If not, yeah. It'll be tough. So we'll see what happens there. The Tony Podcast, as always, brought to you by the UPS Store on Oleo Road, 317-578-0094. Open until 7 p.m. during the week. The UPS Store, 11650 Oleo Road right there off Geist Printing Services. They have you covered. They are always here to help. The UPS Store does everything for your small business, including Printing, which is good to keep in mind because no matter what your business is, you're always in charge of marketing and promotions. The UPS store is there for your small business. Visit the UPS store on Oleo Road. Give them a call for all of your needs, 317-578-0094. All right, so let's run through some questions that I have gotten over the last uh, week or so. I I did post this, so I like to do open-ended questions on Twitter, kind of get the... uh, the mentions up a little bit, try to get good conversation going. And I asked, you know, what was something your parents told you as a kid that was a lie? And, and mine was obviously, you know, if you sit too close to the television, your eyes will go crossed, which hasn't happened. So, uh, But I have moved away from watching the TV. But my mom always told me, you know, if because, you know, when you're playing your video games. The, back in the day, I, some of you, you know, 21, 22-year-olds, we didn't have the – cordless xbox or, or, or playstation controllers we had like a foot or two of cord to our nintendo so you kind of had to sit pretty close to the tv to be able to play um, a couple people have chimed in uh, mike says that his parents used to tell him that things would go on his permanent record um, kurt you have 30 minutes to wait bef- after eating to go swimming or you'll get cramps i heard that one a lot too um as well um ronald says every time he was to be in the car his dad would say we're going to see a man about a horse which is interesting um harley from flooring is forever uh says he tells his kids that we have to be invited to Chuck E. cheese um which is true because they're listening right now in the car with you so yeah you have, of course you have to be invited chucky's got to invite you it's a very long waiting list to get the chucky e. cheese especially off of covid so um Kids, they'll you'll be invited here over the next couple of months, um, I am sure. Um, Phil says that he was told by nuns at his Catholic school in first grade that if anybody pulled the fire alarm, they would get tie dye sprayed on their hands so they could tell who believed it or who sorry who did it. He believed that crap until he was in high school. Um, Brad says that the. Ice cream truck was actually called the music truck that just played ice that just played music for kids as they ran around the neighborhood. Um, Bratsu has a good one. Nothing good happens after midnight. I think uh, Mark Patrick said that to JMV a few times. Um, yeah, this guy. I, there was a comedian that mentioned this too. That he believed growing up that he would catch on fire more and assumed that quicksand was everywhere. Uh, I, I've who was the comedian? I think he was the, the, the dorky guy that used to write for SNL. I really like him. I just can't think of his name right now. And he talked about, you know, growing up, you know, you always thought about quicksand and, and video games. You would get stuck in the quicksand. And then when you're an adult, um, yeah, they, it would. Uh, <laughs> I just read this one. <laughs> this is terrible but funny. Brandon Nichols says that his parents told him that Pee Wee Herman was arrested for jaywalking. Arrested for jet is chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Um, yeah, so this is uh, just funny stuff that I hope you're enjoying uh, from there. Uh, moving on to some other questions. that, uh, What did you think about the Conor McGregor fight on Saturday night? There was a lot of hype leading up to it. I thought that UFC kind of knew that this was maybe their last chance effort to continue to make Conor McGregor relevant I didn't really even hear about the fight until Thursday. Now, granted, I'm not a big fight guy. I don't really follow it. I will watch it if it's on. I'm not going to pay for it. It, it. He had a stress fracture to his foot. You know, people like Conor for his antics, and people don't like Conor for his antics. Um, t- to be honest with you, I, I, I like his confidence slash cockiness and his ability to 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 talk. But some of the off I wouldn't say off the court, but out-of-the-ring incidents and his legal battles just kind of have totally turned me off of Conor McGregor. And on top of that, I just, I just think the act is getting old and it's getting tiresome. I think he's trying to collect as many bucks as he can because he knows that his career is just about over. So um, not really much to add to that. Um, This was sent to me as well. The free stage is coming to the Indiana State Fair. The Beach Boys are playing. Somebody else who is playing is Vince Neal of Motley Crue. There was a video that I put out on Twitter of him singing Dr. Feelgood or mumbling Dr. Feelgood. I may try to go to that. We'll see. Uh, If you want to go with me, let me know. It should be... Uh, very interesting. Uh, what is your favorite All-Star game? I always love more so than the actual All-Star games itself. The things leading up to them, All-Star Saturday night for the NBA with the three-point and the slam dunk. is usually a lot more entertaining than the NBA All-Star game, which is just a uh, scrimmage to about the last three minutes. All-Star game for baseball. I think it's the best game overall because it's usually – an actual game and defense is is more likely, and pitching is is more likely to take over. I love the home run derby. Pete Alonso gets it done again. I even watched a celebrity softball game, which was the the on field product was entertaining. They had Tim Kirchin and his son do the commentating. I thought that could have been a little bit better, but it's the All Star game, and when you got to try these up and coming talents out. Um, it's what you got to do. So I love the All-Star game, love the Home Run Derby. Obviously, brings back great memories as a kid of King Griffey Jr. Are the Colts a playoff team? I do think so. An interesting thing that I saw on, yes, of course, I'm a millennial, I guess, or not quite a millennial. I'm a, I think I'm a little bit over the age of being a millennial. Uh, but are the Colts a playoff team? So I do follow a lot of sports cards on TikTok. Um, there's a and j All-Star card show coming up this weekend. I tweeted that out up in, I believe, Fisher's. A shout out to DNR Sports Card Breaks on Facebook and uh, the Indie Ball Card Exchange um, up on 96th Street. But somebody, it was an interesting, it was, you know, y- you start going through this, these TikToks and you get the guy who's like, here's the fantasy sleepers for the year. But a guy said that he was stashing three cards, three NFL player cards that have very low value right now that could end up have high having higher value at the end of the year. One is Gardner Minshew, just in case Trevor Lawrence doesn't work out or gets hurt, kind of like we saw last year with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Uh, two is Dwayne Haskins. If Ben Roethlisberger is hurt or if Ben Roethlisberger isn't playing well and they put Haskins in for the final four or five games, maybe he plays well. And the third was Um, Jacob Eason the backup quarterback out of Washington and Georgia that is going into his second year for the Indianapolis Colts as the backup quarterback Uh, if Carson Wentz doesn't work out after his bad year last year or he gets injured Jacob Eason is a really good quarterback that I feel could uh, still keep this team afloat God forbid uh, something happening to Carson Wentz. So I still think that they are a playoff team. Uh, Best French fry in Indy. We talked about this. Uh, The Cajun fries at Five Guys seem to be a very popular answer. I will go rallies because I'm convinced that they – I think they probably lace those things with ecstasy. Um, As we know, I've been working at the Fulling Warehouse. We've got Seltzer Fest coming up on July 31st. You can check out uh, at Folling Warehouse Indy on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for those tickets. We're going to have food trucks from – Johnson's barbecue down in Bargersville Indiana. One of JMV's favorite places. Also union jacks, some live music. Um, it's going to be a great day of fun. You can come out and foal If you haven't came out to fooling yet, hit me up, come check us out. Uh, we talked about the Pacers draft needs. Um, is there a feud between you and Nathan Brown of the Indianapolis star? Uh, w- well, I'll first say this. I don't know, Nathan. I've never met him. Um, but I will say this. I am not a fan of the Indianapolis star in general for a lot of different reasons. Um, one, there have been uh, some people in there that I really haven't cared for. They – and a lot of it isn't 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 the writer's fault. Like, Kyle, I love Kyle Ned and Rip. Um You know, a lot of guys have left there, which kind of shows me, okay, maybe it's not the best place to work. I don't think that that has a lot to do with the people that are here in Indianapolis working their asses off to do things. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of the stuff that comes out of Louisville or Gannett, wherever that is – Kind of makes them look really bad and doesn't make them look like the hometown local newspaper that I think a lot of us had grown used to. Um, with that being said, I don't know Nathan Brown. I was a little, um, I thought I was a little tacky to use my article and my website post to um, push his and just answer the question that I put about Renus VK. Here's here's also something that I'll say about that one I don't read Nathan Brown stuff I don't subscribe to the Indianapolis star um, the, the main reason is because if you remember when I was in radio yes there was a lawsuit against um, Kyle Konezovich and I at the at the radio station in Immis it was a lawsuit that turned out that Immis won we won the case um, it was basically a disgruntled former employee that could not find another job after she left Immis and was struggling for money and tried to sue Emmis for thirty thousand dollars, and she thought, well, maybe EmmaS will just settle out of court and I'll get half of that or or thirty percent of that, and that didn't happen. Emma fought it. Emma had my back. Emma had Kyle's back, and the Indy Star uh, broke this article like it was like Kyle and I were, you know, mine was um, that I you know and I, I owned everything i was honest about the entire situation bottom line is the indy star when you search my name that's like the first or second thing that comes up i've reached out to people at the indianapolis star saying hey look here's a deal you know i'm kind of going through a transition in my career if people google my name this is what they're going to see i've been open i've been honest about it um, i have no problem being open and honest about it with employee you know possible employers that are looking to hire me But at the end of the day, like this is the first thing that comes up when you Google my name. Is there any way to get this article off there? You know, you got to scroll down two pages to see your follow up article that says that we won this um, dispute and there was really nothing more than somebody just trying to earn a quick buck. And they said, well, you know, can you prove that you won? And I said, yeah, you guys wrote an article about it. Bottom line is, it was never removed. So um, I'll always have that vendetta against the indie star. As far as Nathan Brown goes, I'm sure he does a great job. It, it came down to I had heard from somebody um, that I think would be in the know that has been inside of the Ed Carpenter Racing Garage that they think that there is a great chance that Renus VK gets bought out by Roger Penske and ends up in the 22 car. That's why Roger's kind of been on the fence about asking any kind of questions um, about Simon Pagino and his return. Now, I, now here's the thing, too, and this is not Nathan Brown's fault. This is AP journalism. When I was in radio and what I do for my website is I only need one source. In radio, if I have one source, I can go with it. Now, sticking to an actual newspaper publication like the Indianapolis Star and AP Style, you have to have three sources So, or you have one major source. And that major source for Nathan Brown is probably somebody that Carpenter Racing could even be Ed, And Ed is going to say right now that... You know, here's what I know, is that Renus is under contract for 2022, which she is. That's all that's going to say. And so major publications that have to follow those guidelines are going to say, hey, that's our answer. That's what we're going to go by. And that's our fail safe in case it doesn't work out. But this is what we know right now of it. So it's not Nathan Brown's fault. Um, Like I said, I've never met the guy. I, in my bonehead move, because I don't really know what I'm doing. Shout out to my buddy Jared, who runs my website and edits down everything. I had an edit early morning be- after I'd already sent it. I thought, I'll just get on Squarespace, knock it out. Well, I did that, and it was on the article. You had to click in instead of being on the main page. So uh, my fault, and I apologize to Nathan uh, for this because uh, I left out what I had to say about Renus um, VK, which is information that I um, had kind of gotten overnight, but um, that wasn't in there. So that was my fault we fixed that. But, but I'm going to stick with what I was told, that there is a very good chance that Renus VK is being courted and could possibly be bought out of his contract by Penske. If he's going to go anywhere outside of Ed Carpenter Racing, it's going to be Penske. Ganassi doesn't have the cars to field a VK. Roger possibly could. Um, so basically what I wrote in my article, and you can read all of it at TonyDini.com, uh, so please check that out, is that you know Renus is being courted, and there's a chance that he could end up at Roger Penske's team. Roger Penske has the money to buy him. You know, it's probably a 40% chance that he gets bought out and it's probably 60% chance that he doesn't. And if I'm Roger Penske, I say Simon Pagano, the most likely thing as far as money goes is hey, Simon, we're going to let you run one more year in 2022. And then go after Renus when Renus is a free agent at the end of 2022. Um, I think that is more likely. But but there has been talks. I do know that because the, the the person I heard from, I certainly trust to know on the situation. Flooring is forever. Flooringisforever.com. 317-755-1246. Flooring is forever is committed to providing you the highest level of service. So you'll always be happy that you chose Flooring is forever. Harley has over 20 years in the industry. He prides himself on making sure the job is done right. So if you're looking to upgrade the flooring or carpeting in your home or business, give Harley a call today. He can do vinyl installation, carpet installation, hardwood installation. He's got you covered. Flooring is 317-755-1246. All right, so I feel like I'm running a little bit long here. Um, oh, I did want to mention this. So a few years ago, I would. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I was bored on the toilet, and I decided to make a Twitter account for just old IndyCar photos that I liked, just to have a running tally. I think I had saw, uh, you know, somebody post. I think it's the the guy that does all the '70s stuff that you see on Twitter. So I never. I was like, all right, well, I'll do it. It's got over four thousand Twitter followers now. About three or four years later. And the other day, about a week and a half ago, I had posted the picture of Bill Elliott inside of Chip Ganassi's um, IndyCar back in, I believe, 1991. So it was either Eddie Cheever or Ari Lyondike's car. And I had posted it, and I was like, that's just such a cool shot. You know, it's, it's a good crossover between IndyCar and NASCAR. I love Bill Elliott. And, you know... And I didn't realize how many people didn't know that this had taken place. And I think the only reason why I knew this is because of something on YouTube or I was watching maybe an old race and they had mentioned I think Jeffrey Bodine as well got the test um, an IndyCar. I don't know if it was a Ganassi car, but I know he got the test as well. And I believe it happened either the day of the IndyCar race or the day after. With that being said, you know, usually – you know, every every photo you'll post, if it's a good one or something that people haven't seen, you'll get 10 or 15 retweets and, and 100 or 125, you know, likes. Well, all of a sudden, I get this notification that's like, you've got 20 plus um, notifications. That is because Jimmy Johnson had liked the tweet and then quote retweeted the tweet saying that he didn't know that this had happened. So um, Jimmy probably won't hear this podcast, but that was pretty cool. Um, you know Dario Franchitti I think follows the account Ryan Hunter Ray does as well I try to keep it a very even keel I have a soft spot for a lot of the Menard's cars I have a soft spot for the Texaco Havoline cars of the early 90s so you may get a little bit more of those than um, others but I try to keep it um, try to keep it pretty you know even keeled so um, at IndyCar Memories if you're into that sort of thing check that out but it was cool to have Jimmy Johnson quote retweet that And, uh, you know, kind of give him some knowledge that he didn't know about and a lot of fans didn't know about. Kind of like I think I mentioned this at Goodwill last week when I found that Alexander Rossi car, uh, the 2016 winner, it's missing a few parts. But Greenlight has reached out. So shout out to Greenlight um, and hopefully they'll fix it. Maybe we can do a little uh, even keel trade of you fix it and we'll mention Greenlight products a few times on the podcast, and on the website. Thank you so much for listening to the Tony D Podcast. Thank you to Flooring is Forever and the UPS Store off Olio Road. If you would like to advertise or sponsor the Tony D Podcast or TonyDIndy.com, please get a hold of me. Drop me um, a line on Twitter or um, anywhere that you can find me. I'm pretty pretty available to be found. Take care, guys.